Hi, this is Rihanna, and you're listening to The Queen Sylvie Show on Fishbowl Radio Network. How you doing? This is Troy from Wanda's Wig and Weavy Prim, and we love The Queen Sylvie Show. So come on down and get your hair done so that all your peoples are going to say, Ooh, girl, where'd you get that hair done? Mm-hmm. And don't forget, tune into The Queen Sylvie Show now. Is it Troy? Bye. What's happening, hoes? This is your girl, DDT, and I just want everybody out there listening to the Queen Sylvie Show to know that I have just recorded my very first live stand-up comedy album, and it is called We're All Gonna Die, Practical Nihilism for the Millennial Black Woman, uh, and it is just as weird as it sounds, so if you into that kind of dumb shit, come get with me on iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon Music. Again, you can look me up under my name. That is D-E- D-E-T, and also on ddtcomedy.com. Come get weird with your girl. Hi, my name is Joe Milton, and I'd like to tell you about Joe Music. That's J-O-M-U-S-I-K, a full-service production and recording facility located about 10 minutes east of downtown Dallas. At 972-226-1265, give us a call for all your recording and production needs. We do all manner of recording and voiceover, and we specialize in song production and or putting music and melody to your already existing lyrics. So give us a call, 972-226-1265, J-O-M-U-S-I-K dot com. Hi, this is Joe Mass. You are listening to the Queen Sylvie Show. You are now part of the royalty. Welcome to the Queen Sylvie Show. Tune in 11, good laugh, good vibe, that's for sure. Get smooth with Tim, get smooth with Tim. They had you brought like you popped a pill. Once you hear the show, you ain't gonna want it to end. Get creative with the sounds you can make with your mouth. Reaching all over the world, Queen Sylvie in the house. Award-winning show, with the number one spot, look out. It's the Queen Sylvie Show. 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 Look out. And now, ladies and gentlemen, coming to you live on the Fishbowl Radio Network from the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, it's the Queen Sylvie Show, starring Smooth Tim and the magical, magnificent, magnanimous queen herself, Queen Sylvie. Good morning, and welcome to another terrific Tuesday on the Queen Sylvie Show. This is Smooth Tim, and it is now my absolute pleasure to introduce to you the world's sexiest granny, everyone's favorite comedian, Queen Sylvie. That's right, it's Queen Sylvie, and welcome to the Queen Sylvie Show where we enjoy some laughter, great conversation, and a little craziness from time to time. Oh, yeah. I'm very happy you're here on this Fishbowl Tuesday. It's a lovely day here in Arlington, Texas, as I look out the window and hold up. Where are the birds? Where Where are the birds? <laughs> ah, it's I, that kind you of know day. what? I think it's that time. It is like 30 degrees here. It's not quite that cold, but rainy, this misty, and I think yeah. the birds just... Took a trip down south. They perhaps they did take a trip. Get Everybody the, needs a little some vacation. Weather, you know what I'm saying? That's all right. <laughs> but without further ado, allow me to introduce my buddy, pal, and co-host of the year from 2016-2017, Smooth Tim. Hey, Tim. 
Good morning, Queen, and how are you doing today? I am super califragilistic. Next be Alidocious, yeah, I suppose, is 24 yes. 7, 365. Yes. Yes. What? Oh, Queen Sylvie, mm. you are simply amazing. amazing. Yes, right. you are. You aren't going to let me get past not saying that, hey. Well, you know, it is what it is. It is, it is what, what it is. is. But we have an amazing, and I do mean amazing, lineup of guests on the show today. You are not going to believe this lineup. Who's on the show? It is star-studded. <laughs> oh, it yeah. truly is a star-studded show today. Yeah. You got to listen to this entire show. Everybody's going to be amazed. <laughs> this amazing. There it comes again. We have coming on and reading some short stories with us. Dr. Ghoul from the Dr. Ghoul Show. <laughs> we also have coming in with us, uh, wait, it's us, Queen Sylvie and Smooth Tim. Yes, indeed. Uh, who could ask for more than that? <laughs> I'm just saying, Queen. Yeah, it's it going to be absolutely a ter- terrific Tuesday. Amazing. Yes, it is. <laughs> but you know what? I want to thank you all for tuning in to the Queen Sylvie Show. You have analytics stuff, right? Analytics. Yes, we do. From last week's show, Queen Sylvie. Mm-hmm. Yes, we would like to thank the people in the United States, China, Australia, India, Shout and out. Germany, the United Kingdom, St. Yes. Lucia. Yes, yes. We ought to take a vacation down there, Japan, Mexico, and Africa. Shout out to you all as Smooth Tim take a trip by himself. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you, don't, you don't like that flight uh, over the water no, stuff. I forgot. And boats. You've seen Titanic one too many times. but All right. Okie dokie. So stay tuned before by the commercial break, and we will be giving the fifth week of Christmas in October winter later today. And I'm looking forward to it. It's been a pleasure all month giving away free gifts. Yes. And all you had to do is send us your name and contact, and, well, you'll just have to wait till next year. Well, thank you all for tuning in on this terrific Tuesday. Uh, phone lines are closed. However, you are more than welcome to message us under QueenSylvieComedy.com's website or QueenSylvieComic.com. There you go. So let me start by um, welcoming my guest that is ghoulishly waiting. Dr. Ghoul, are you there? I'm still here. I haven't even been to bed yet. <laughs> well, you little sleepyhead, thank you for tuning in to uh, the Queen Silly Show. We're looking forward to some ghoulish stories presented by you, as well as Mr. Can't Be Seen and Smooth Tim and myself. Today I'm a little bit witchy, if I must say. <laughs> Bringing the witch out in the girl, right? Because all queens do possess a little bit of witchiness in it. But before we get things started, what I'd like to do is I'd like to share some motivational words from the Queen Sylvie Show to you. Face your fears and laugh at them. Because fear is the brain's way of saying that there is something important for you to overcome. Did you know the fears we don't face become our limits? Oh yeah. So turn down that voice of fear and go beast mode. Because thinking will not overcome fear, but action will. That's right. 
And those aren't. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, audience. Oh, my God. We must be fully charged today. They love you. They absolutely yes, those love are some motivational you, words from the Queen Silly Show to you. Again, we are going live to the world. So if you're listening to me now, spread the word. Call someone. Text someone. Tell them about the Queen Silly Show is on right now. We are giving a terror, terrific Tuesday for you today. Let's see here. Um, let me give a fact or two. Just pick one of the, 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 the little ones. Okay. Okay. So let me give a little fact about um, uh, Halloween because Halloween is just days away and we want to, I don't, I don't like my papers being seen. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and, and, and there are some things that's going on about Halloween before I even got into Halloween that I didn't know about Smooth Tim. Like uh, the movie Halloween back in 1978, they were on a tight budget to make that film and they wanted to use the cheapest mask that they could find to make his his uh face oh really mm -hmm. do you know what they used you're gonna tell me i'm sure but, but if you know tell me i have no idea <laughs> good well what they used was um for michael myers mask it was william shatner's star trek mask and william shatner didn't even know about it for years but once the movie halloween became so famous William Shagner's honored. Well, yeah, I did. I, that's William. Sh I wonder how they got it so pale looking. <laughs> a little paint. A little. Well, there's no sun in space, so hey. A little bit of something, but since uh -uh. this is a creepy day with creepy stories, here's one just for you, entitled "Hide and Seek." <laughs> Hide and Seek. Two young brothers were home alone in the apartment while their parents visited their neighbors next door for a while. Be good boys, the parents said as they went next door. To keep themselves occupied, the boys decided to play a game of hide-and-seek, and the older boy turned his head to the wall and began to count. He could hear his little brother's feet scampering about trying to look for a place to hide. Ready or not, I'm coming, cried the older brother, and off he went, looking for his younger brother. He looked in all the usual places, behind the sofa, in the bathroom, behind the shower curtain, behind the curtains in every room, and under all the beds. But he couldn't find him. The apartment was eerily silent. Then he heard a scampering around from the wardrobe closet. The boy was sure he had already looked there, but he went there anyway and called out, Come out, I found you. But there was still only silence. Again he called for his brother to come out, and again nothing. Opening the door, the boy tried to peer behind all the dresses and coats hanging there. He bent down, but he did not see any feet standing there. He began to rise up and put his hand into the mass of clothing to feel for his little brother, but he felt a icy cold hand come out and grab his wrist and, and it tried to pull him into the closet as he tried to pull himself free he hears a noise behind him and looking over his shoulder he sees his little brother coming in couldn't you find me his little brother asks the older brother screams in fright and desperately tries to free himself from the grip of the hand all while being pulled deeper into the wardrobe closet the younger brother grabbed him, and together they managed to pull free. 
They both run screaming from the apartment to the next door neighbor. Nobody knows what would have happened if the hand had managed to pull him in. Ooh. Wow. I'm scared. I'm not opening it in my closet again. <laughs> my nope. closet's been locked for I don't no know how long. No hide and seek, and I am not opening up my closet. <laughs> Sorry, so my little brother may be lost forever. <laughs> that is. But you know, Dr. Gould has some things, too. Dr. Gould, are you there still? I still am here, and guess what? What? I want to thank both of you for inviting me to a special Halloween Queen Sylvia and Smooth Tim couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like your laugh. It's very nice. Very, very nice indeed. Listen, before I go any further, I want to send our shout outs and our prayers for those that's involved. And, and maybe their homes has been devastated as well over in California in the United States here with this devastating fire that is continuing to go on uh, currently today. Yeah, I believe these, this there in the San Francisco area, in the uh, winery areas, yeah. And I see a real old, old winery. That was a real historic winery that got devastated by that fire. It's been around for years and years. It is. You can't mess with Mother Nature, but our prayers are going out for everyone that is affected in that. But the Dr. Gould, I'm sorry? The sad thing is that the horizon goes in and out, so I moved over from my studio to Cameron's Pub and Inn, and eventually he will come and talk to us for a few moments because he loves Queen Sylvia and Smooth Dim and their reads, but especially because I get better coverage. At any moment, our power could go out. At any moment, we could have fires as close as 20 minutes from where I'm sitting. So it's been a, it's been a, a Halloweenish kind of two weeks without... Without even the scariness of it, just a normal day of life. And you, too, have helped us because we all love your show and we listen to it on Tuesday. Why, thank you so very much. Very much appreciated, indeed. <laughs> you got to excuse me. I am witchy on this terrific Tuesday on the Queen Silly Show. We're talking to Dr. Ghoul. As we eventually approach Halloween. Yes. If I'm a little witchy smooth, what are you? I'm a warlock. <laughs> okay. Witches and warlocks, isn't that how that goes? Yes. Okay. But you know, part of uh part of Halloween has to do with bats. Doctor Gould has some bat facts to share. Let's check it out. Fun bat facts. One of my favorite things to do on our live show. We just read a few fun bat facts. So enjoy. Number one. Bats live in Every continent except for Antarctica. They are found almost as far north as the Arctic Circle and as far south as Argentina and the southernmost tip of southern Africa. Fun back fact number two. Bats are the slowest reproducing mammal in the world for their size and pregnancy is longer in bats than in other animals their size. Bat fact number three. Vampire bats are the only bat that move well on the ground. Campers, beware. <laughs> bat fact number four. 
Many bats open their mouth to call out their echo location signals, but others can sure shout through their nostrils a short blow. A few other animals use echolocation, including dolphins and some cave-dwelling birds. And fun bat fact number five. In China and Japan, bats are symbols of happiness. In Chinese, the words for bats and good fortune are pronounced the same. Foo. Um. <laughs> Clown statue. <laughs> there was a girl in her teens who babysat for a wealthy family one night. The wealthy family had a very large house with many rooms. It was filled with lots of artifacts and old ornaments from all over the world. As the parents were leaving to go out, the father told the girl that once she put the kids down, she must go down to the basement to watch TV there and not go wandering around the house. Once the kids are asleep, the girl retires to the basement room to watch TV. However, she couldn't concentrate on her show because in the corner of the room was a life-size clown statue grinning at her. She finally decides to drape a blanket over the statue so she could ignore it. But after a while, she can't stand looking at the clown statue's oversized feet sticking out from under the blanket. So she decides to call the father and ask permission to watch TV in another room of the house because she was freaked out by the giant clown statue in the basement room. Listen very carefully. Our children have been complaining about a clown that comes into their room in the middle of the night. Now, what we just thought that they had nightmares. And we don't own a clown statue. You need to get the kids and get out of the house now. I'll call the police. The girl hangs up the phone, turns around to look at the covered clown statue, but all that was there was the blanket on the floor. Suddenly, she hears steps coming down the basement stairs. Eat. Eat. Oh, yes. Eat. <laughs> In the wee wee hours, I go look for food. Would you like to be my treat? I don't know how to explain this to you, my dear friend. I just know I love to eat. Your knees, your arms, legs, and feet is something I want to eat. Be it boiled, fried, red, raw, and juicy, as long as it's someone's meat. <laughs> if you don't want me to find you juicy, my friend, don't you dare come down my street. Cause you may go home missing some things important Like your arms and those two feet <laughs> Thank you Okay, I hope you don't take offense that I moved to the other side of the room That freaked <laughs> me out, queen That eat, eat, eat stuff eat. Let's, let's 
up with that? Girls always hungry. Always hungry. <laughs> Munching and hungry and things around here on this terror, terrific Tuesday. The Weather Queen says she was feeling a little witchy, perhaps, and you are, what again? A little warlocky. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And well, that is good. Really good yes, absolutely. <laughs> that is Dr. Gould from the Dr. Gould Show. I, hey. hope that didn't, I hope that didn't freak you out, Ghoul. Nothing is up. I'm sitting here eating uh, and drinking type A. Eating what? Eating and drinking type A. Ah. Oh. Well, send some my way, if you will be so kind. <laughs> <laughs> so, Doctor Gould, you know your your show, the Doctor Gould Show. Tell everyone a little bit about that and what they can expect. Well, we've moved mainly from our Facebook platform to ButcherMedia.com and Chocolock TV. So, if your viewers and your listeners go on ButcherMedia.com. And then go to CBTV Horror Network. You can scroll down, and now we're on Internet TV. Soon, soon we were hoping to be on a Roku channel. And we have developed this because of you two coming aboard our show <laughs> and making it a very classically good and ghoulish on a on a week to week basis. I really, really appreciate what you have done with my show and helping me. Absolutely, our pleasure. You know, it is our pleasure. You help bring the witch in our girl out, and I love that. I love all that Doctor Ghoul Show does. It's a great show. Everyone needs to go out and check this show out. It has some great graphics and everything. If you're just listening and not seeing the graphics, you're gonna cringe and you're gonna be so afraid. You're gonna want to call Queen Sylvie, the witch, to come help you out. It's an exceptional <laughs> production. You'd love it. So, so when can can others check out? Dr. Gould's show. They can they can check us out on on Facebook as well as our website, Dr. Gould seventeen ten. We're also on Instagram and YouTube. But I think the the main thing for you to know about the new Dr. Gould platform is that we have on my website a way for people to entertain us. With their story. Ooh, yeah. produced a little teaser on the bottom of my web page, and it allows you to read about sending a story to us, a 200-word story. And if, in fact, we pick it, you get one of the T-shirts that's at the bottom of the website. And I must say, our first one was very, very ghoulishly good, and it came from New Orleans, where there's ghoulishly good witchcraft everywhere. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yes, yes. New Orleans. That I've is, heard New Orleans is haunted. Yeah, I've never been there. And, uh, you know, they wouldn't be able to handle me. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you're witchy, amazing. Baby. I am amazing, but today I'm witchy. <laughs> oh, okay. But, Dr. Gould, there is a story called Lullaby of Woe. That's a hot story. 
Okay, he's not there anymore. He, no, I, Lullaby of Woe is actually a song. Is it a song? It's it is a, a song. It, it's a song with a story. That's what it is. And we're going to check it out right now. Let's check it out. I love, I love this song. <laughs> well, we'll play it just for ghoul. Yes, let's do that. Who's asleep amidst the trees? Bats all the swaying in the breeze. But one soul lies anxious, wide awake, fearing all manner of ghouls, hags, and wraiths. For you do. For this beautiful, yes. gloomy day here on the Queen Sylvie Show, Fishbowl Radio Ghoulish Network. Say that again for good. me. That was ghoulishly good. Wasn't it ghoulishly <laughs> good? I'm going to go home and play that as I kill a cat. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to go We're not gonna kill and play that. I'm, I'm not that kind of a witch. Don't get yeah, it. We're not killing anybody today. Not Queen, today. Not I'm going to give it a break. I got Halloween <laughs> coming up. Gun it. <laughs> but we have Dr. Ghoul here on the Queen Silver Show of the Dr. Ghoul Show of the Dr. Ghoul Show. Smooth Tim and myself feeling a little bit ghoulish with Dr. Ghoul sharing some magnificent stories that you can also find on the Dr. Ghoul Show. And I advise you to tune in to the Dr. Ghoul Show because it is it's very tasteful if I may say so is that a good word to use Dr. Ghoul tasty and tasteful I love both of them <laughs> I just threw that out for you to win and you're absolutely correct 
tasty and tasteful. There's a story that I really, really like that Dr. Gould does, The Woman That Walked Alone. Are we going to do The Woman That Walked Alone? I think that that's a good choice, kids. I enjoy that story. Well, we can leave the woman that walked alone and let her continue walking. <laughs> and we, which, let's enjoy the woman that walked alone. Is there anything you'd like Thanks. to say about this story? It's one of my original stories, and I enjoy it, and it will be in the Dr. Gould's favorite 20 short stories. Cool. Yeah, let's check the it out. The woman that walked alone. Can't be seen. Reads his own story next. The woman who walked alone at night. This story will stay with you for a while. <laughs> the woman who walked alone at night. You're right, it's me, can't be seen. She was tall, but she was not big. She was strong physically, for a woman so slight. She would walk for miles at night alone. She never came out during the day. She was never seen shopping. She socialized with no one. She had no family. She had no pets. She was an enigma. <laughs> she did make a friend one time. He was a cop. He was not a policeman. He was a cop. He was violent. He was intimidating. He harassed anyone. He enjoyed frightening kids. He challenged people off duty for fun. He had been reprimanded multiple times. He never stayed more than a few years anywhere. He had one passion. He collected guns. He had thousands of guns. He had racks and racks of rifles in the garage. He kept pistols in nearly every drawer. He seemed to be wearing out his welcome again. He was about to leave town. He was distracted by a tall woman. He noticed her out one night, walking alone. He followed her home. He was very careful not to be seen. He began leaving flowers at her door. He left candy in her mailbox. He left poems. He never left a signature. He was obsessed. He was following her one night. He lost control. He had to speak to her. He yelled, Did you like your flowers? He yelled, Did you like your candy? She turned and smiled. She crossed the street. She thanked him for the flowers. She said the candy was divine. She asked if he would like some fresh coffee and pastries. He was a cop. He had his suspicions. He loved pastries and fresh coffee. He was a cop. <laughs> 
He followed her back to her house. He admired her home. He could see she was a woman of culture. He watched her gracefully move about her kitchen. He was smitten. He loved the smell of fresh pastries. He said no cream, no sugar. He never saw the powder she slipped into his coffee. He woke, spitting and coughing. He was strapped to a table. He could not see his surroundings. He could only see one light. He saw a staircase behind the light. She glided down the staircase. She was wearing a black gown. She gracefully walked towards the table. She stopped and smiled. She said, You don't remember me, she added. She was a little girl. She watched him beat her father to death. She had followed him for years. She had waited for just the right time. She was tall, but not big. She was strong for being so slight. She walked alone for miles at night. <laughs> Thank you, Gould, for letting me share. <laughs> Dr. Gould. Is that one of my best stories? And who better to right. tell that story than it can't be seen? Exactly. I was just going to say that. The all-famous. Wow. Just once in a while, I want to be introduced sooner, girl. <laughs> I wanted to say to smooth Tim, thank you for the compliment. You're absolutely correct. I was born for fun bad facts, and from now on, Gold's going to let me do it on the show. Oh, that's fantastic. That is awesome. How are you, Can't Be Seen? How are you folks this morning? We're great. How are you, Can't Be Seen? I'm I'm wired just like always. He he really is fired this morning. (laughs) He had a little bit too much type A. Oh, well, welcome. We're, we're, we're honored to always have Can't Be Seen as well as Dr. Gould on the Queen Sylvie Show. It is this awesome, great story, by the way. Oh, you know what? Gould writes them. I just read them. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. On this terrific Tuesday, the Queen Silver Show again. All phone lines are closed. I'm getting messages, and I would love for you to continue to send in your messages. Dr. Gould, uh, Samantha from Fort Worth, Texas, sends in. She loves your laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's for you. Fans all over the world. Like, even the people that don't like Gooey's tree. They like my laugh. <laughs> <laughs> that is so hot. I'm not going to read to you what this guy just asked. Steve from Corpus Christi asks you, do you get a lot of attention and action with that laugh? More than he could imagine. I just did a costume party Saturday night, and I had quite a ghoulish group of groupies. 
That is great. That is great. My grandkids just look at me when I do my little laugh and be like, Granny needs some coffee. (laughs) There we go. You know what I wonder? What? When Ghoul, when he's looking for uh, dates, does he check Tumblr or Tombstone? Ooh. Good question. No. The Ghoul, in all actuality, is married to probably one of the finest women in the world. Yeah. My wife, Lynn, she, is, she is precious. So I don't go out capping around anymore. Oh. She's kind of real, this 567-year-old man in. <laughs> well, I can understand when you that get over 500, great. you slow down a bit. Well, right? of course you do. Of course <laughs> you do. Well, you know what? They have say, you know, they say, they say that a child born on Halloween is said that they have the ability to talk to spirits. Do you believe that, Smooth or Doctor Gould? I do. You do? I do. I believe that. I believe that people who want to believe things will believe anything their minds can summon up, and mm. some of us. Some of us are not aware of that, and we summon up parts of our minds that we really don't need to. And you brought to my to our listeners' attentions, you and I and Tim, we try and keep our stories civil and, and not with profanity and things like that. And when we hear stories and gory things that have profuse amounts of... of, of profanity and sexist selling we know that that's not the ghoulish way to be scared. That is the ghoulish true. way to be scared is something that should be an endorphin you enjoy. <laughs> you are so so very correct. And speaking of those birthdays that uh, they say when you're born on Halloween, you have the ability to talk to spirits. Do you know Will Smith and Jada Pickett's daughter, Willow Smith? She's going to be 18 in a couple of days, and she is born uh, on Halloween. Wow. <laughs> also. I didn't know that. Oh, yes. Also, the rapper, Vanetta Ice. Ice, Ice, baby. Remember that song, Tim? Ice, Ice. Why should I remember? Just because I'm white, I should remember some (laughs) white rapper? Wait a minute. You said that that You and I need to have a quick discussion here about that. No, Vanilla Ice will be turning in a couple of days, 51. And let's see what, what spirits he can talk to. Do you know movie actor Rob Snyder? I do know who you're talking about. Oh, the uh, comedian, kind of short guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He also, his birthday also is on Halloween in a few days, and he will be 55. Uh, John Candy, who has passed on. uh, One of my favorites. Yes, he was born on Halloween, as well as Dan Rather. Everyone knows the American journalist Dan Dan Rather. Rather be turning 87 the nightly news that's right and for everyone in fact whose birthday it is in a couple days on halloween hit it yeah whatever who did that whatever so you know i wonder if all the spirits 
that are born on Halloween have get to talk to candy now. Right? <laughs> They're having a spooky good party, I bet you. <laughs> I bet you they will. <laughs> yes, they will. They will indeed. So, what story shall we share next? Smooth, clinkity clink. Ooh, that's a good story. In fact, I think we do it together. We may. Clinkity <laughs> clink. <laughs> There was a lonely old woman who got sick and eventually died. She had no family, no close friends. So her neighbors got together and dug a grave for her. They asked the undertaker to make a coffin for her and they dressed her up in her best clothes and laid her body out in her living room. When the old woman died, her eyes were wide open, staring at everything and seeing nothing. This disturbed the neighbors, so they found two shiny coins on her dresser and put them on her eyelids to keep them closed. As with the tradition at that time, they held a wake so that people could come by and pay their respects. The neighbors lit some candles and they sat up with their corpse so that she would not be alone. The next morning, the gravedigger arrived to collect her body and take it to the cemetery. When he was about to start digging the grave, he opened the coffin and peered inside. When he saw the two silver coins covering her eyes, he, he immediately snatched them and stuffed them in his pocket. Looking down at the woman, a, a chill ran down his spine. Her wide open eyes seemed to be staring up at him, watching him as he stole the silver coins. <laughs> it gave him a creepy feeling. So he grabbed a hammer and quickly nailed the lid on the coffin and buried it as fast as he could. When the grave digger got home, he put the two silver coins in a tin box and shook it, listening to the rattling sound. <laughs> Try as he might, he couldn't forget those eyes staring at him. He placed the tin box on his mantelpiece. That night it grew dark and the wind started blowing. A storm shook the house and rattled the windows. A cold window ran a cold wind rather ran through the cracks of the walls and down its chimney. Gravedigger threw some more wood on the fire and jumped back in the bed, pulling the covers up over his head. But the wind kept blowing through the cracks. The fire flared and flickered and cast an evil-looking shadow on the wall. <laughs> Lying in bed, the, the gravedigger just could not stop thinking of the dead woman's eyes staring at him. As the wind blew stronger and louder and the fire popped and snapped, <laughs> he began to get scared. Suddenly, he heard another sound. It, it was the silver coins r rattling in the box. Hey, who's stealing my money, he shouted. But all he heard was the wind blowing and the flames of the fire flickering and snapping and popping and the coins. Shaking with fear, he, he flung off the covers and sat up in bed. Looking around, he couldn't see anything. He leaped out of bed and, and he barred and chained the door. He went back in the bed, but... He, his head had barely touched the pillow when he heard. 
That's my money. Give me my money. And the wind, it kept blowing, and, and the fire kept flickering and snapping and popping, and the coins in the box kept going. The grave digger was really scared. He got out of bed again, and he piled all the furniture against the door. Then he jumped back into bed and covered his head with the blankets. But the money rattling grew louder than ever, and the voice off in the distance cried, Give me my money! I want my money. And the wind blew and the fire flared and flickered and snapped and popped and the grave digger shivered and shook and hollered, Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. Suddenly the front door flew open and in walked the dead woman that he had buried. Her eyes were wide open, staring at everything and seeing nothing. And the wind blew and the money and the fire flared and flickered and snapped and popped and the ghost of the dead woman cried where is my money The grave digger could only moan, Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. As the grave digger watched in horror, as the women got closer and closer, her hands groped in the air as if she could hear the silver coins in the tin box. And her dead hands were groping around, trying somehow to find it. The wind blew, and the money rattled, and the fire flickered, and the grave digger shook, Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. Forgive me. He jumped and he screamed. I, I, I. You got my money. <laughs> you know, I that was a big mistake. It was. He shouldn't have taken those coins off that I woman's eyes. I don't know what he was thinking, Queen. That's right. I learned that one from going into the bank all the time. I want that from the monster. Money. Oh, that part. <laughs> Okay. No. I got it. But that was that's great. Who I, that's who I have with me right now. Ooh, do you have? I have a guest, a man that needs to talk to you for a few moments. His name is Cameron Palmer. He owns Cameron's Pub and Inn. And his daughter and she are stars on my show in the Cameron's Pub app. Please enjoy the conversation with Cameron Palmer. <laughs> Well, hello, guys. It's great to hear from you. Oh, good morning, Cameron, on this wonderful Halloween celebration I finally show. get to hear Cameron and talk to him live. He's a, he's a popular guy on the Dr. Gold Show as well. How are you today? Things are going good. We're, we're quite busy down here in Half Moon Bay. Speaking of which, when are you folks going to come down here and pay us a visit? Well, when the red carpet rolls out for a queen. <laughs> I'm just serious. <laughs> <laughs> I've got your red carpet and throne ready. Come on down. Thank you. We're actually looking forward to coming in those neck of the woods. And so, yes, everyone stay safe over there in California. In, in half, a, half Now, Bay. you guys are south of San Francisco, correct? Yes, we are. Uh, so the fires are near us. We, we can, of course, see the smoke right now and breathe the smoke. But um, we're, we're safe here in Half Moon Bay. 
Well, you, I hopefully you'll stay safe in Half Moon Bay. Half Moon Bay yep. is so popular. It has Dr. Ghoul, Can't Be Seen, Cameron, a whole list of goodies. You know, you start putting two, two together, mess with Queen, it. let's investigate this. Half Moon Bay. You have a ghoul that lives there. Mm-hmm. You got somebody can't. We need to can't be seen. Fire's not something weird touch. is going on. Maybe some people should go check out <laughs> Half Moon Bay for us and let us know what's going on there. <laughs> Especially what this Cameron this Cameron guy's pub. <laughs> so so Cameron, real quick, tell me about your 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 pub and inn that you have there. What 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 can I expect when I get there? Okay, well you can. It's a hundred and twenty five year old building. That we remodeled from the ground up. Wow. And it looks like a typical English pub. And when you walk in, it'll probably knock you over with the amount of artifacts and things that we have on display here. It's just a lot of fun. What's your favorite artifacts hanging up? Oh, well, I guess it'd have to be my double-decker bus I have parked right out front. Oh. We turn that in... We've turned that into the world's only double-decker smoking lounge. You can't smoke inside anymore, but you can still <laughs> go on the it. bus. I love you it. Know, how nice is that? I think those double-decker buses like are them. so cool. We had one here in town, and I don't know what happened to it. Somebody might have slammed into I it. I think somebody or may something have that it. was outside one of the chicken places, but it was really sweet. Yeah, those are cool. Very nice. Yeah, no, they're they're actually engineered pretty neat. They make every inch count in those things. It's great. Right. So let me ask you real quick, Cameron, what are you doing for Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a big party every year, and we call it costume karaoke because a lot of people, they uh, they don't have the nerve to get up and sing, but when they're in costume, <laughs> they have no problem doing it. So costume karaoke is what it is. Ah, costume that, and a little pub, yeah. yeah. Their inhibitions are that covered up fun. a little bit with the makeup. They'll never know who I am. Yeah, we don't know who you are, right, Cameron? <laughs> yeah, well, we're hoping Dr. Gould's going to make a surprise appearance as well. That oh, that be should great. be ghoulishly good. Yeah, yeah, Bring can't be seen, and it'll be a freaking great party. It's like I'm with them all the time. It's really kind of strange. <laughs> That's great. You know, my broom is in a shop where I fly down. <laughs> well, come on down. We just built a 50-room hotel right next door. We'll put you up and treat you right. Wow, that's oh. awesome. That's awesome. All right, say, so so. if someone wants to follow you, uh, Cameron, how can they follow you and get in touch with you and tell you they're on their way? Well, you know, they can just pull up our website, of course. Uh, you just type in Cameron's Half Moon Bay, and we'll, we're the first ten listings on it. But uh, so www.cameronsin.com, and uh, people can uh, email me there or just explore the place and uh, see what they like. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Well, I would just say... Come on down. You know, even all these fires and the smoke is going on, we still have that ocean breeze. And Afton Bay is truly one of the more beautiful places you'll ever visit. That's what I've heard. That's why I'm coming to see. I've heard great things about Half Moon Bay that I've never even heard of until I met Dr. Gould. So so this is great. I actually believe it was Can't Be Seen that told us all about Half Moon Bay. Gould was keeping it to himself. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's all right. Well, well, you know. 
That's all right. Well, I thank you very much, uh, uh, Cameron, for taking the time, actually, uh, this morning over there to be on the show. What I'd like to do is get some monster mash on because I think I'm going to mash a monster. That sounds perfect. <laughs> all right. You're listening to The Queen Sylvie Show on Fishbowl Radio Network. from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the mash he did the monster mash the monster mash it was a graveyard smash he did the mash it caught on in a flash he did the mash he did the monster mash from my love notari in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast the all came from their humble abodes wow. to catch a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. Wow. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocking, oh, we're digging the sounds. He got on chains backed by his baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the monster mash, and it was a graveyard smash. It's caught on in a flash. They play the mash. They play the monster mash. Wow. Out from his coffin, Drax's voice did ring. Wow. Seems he was troubled by just one thing. Wow. Wow. Opened the lid and shook his fist and said, wow. Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. The monster mash. It's now a graveyard smash. It's now the mash. It's caught on in a flash. It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. Now everything's cool, Drax's a part of the band. And my monster mash is the hit of the land. For you, the living, this mash was meant to. When you get to my door, tell them Boris sent Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. The monster mash. And do my graveyard smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on with a flash. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. Mash fool. Easy, God, you impetuous young boy. Mash fool.
She says on this terrific, terror, terrific Tuesday on the Queen Silver Show here on Fishbowl Radio Network. I want to thank you all for tuning in on this deliciously day. Well, terrifying Tuesday. Yeah, it's a terrifying Tuesday. But I thank you all for tuning in. All lines are closed. Continue to send your questions in to QueenSylvie at comic.com or on the website, QueenSylvieComedy.com. We're having a great time talking to Dr. Ghoul. Can't be seen. We were just currently talking to Cameron from Cameron's Pub and Inn in Half Moon Bay, California. Look them up. If you're in that area, go by and get some great food. Have a great time and enjoy some great drinks. That's right. Go stop by and tell them Queen and Smooth sent you. And you might get an extra free glass of water. How about they that? They might. They might give you an extra <laughs> napkin, too. You know, it's a great saying. place that I'm going to look up. I'm going to look. I'm looking forward to uh, going to Half Moon Bay and checking out the water, the food, the atmosphere. And apparently, if you have too much at cameras, there's a 50-room hotel right, right across next door. the street. So no That's excuses. right. Hey, they got that made. And right you there. know what? Ghoul might even offer ghoulish services. <laughs> he says, don't speak for him, buddy. He's a busy guy doing a lot of very, very He's a very nice busy things. man doing a lot Dr. of stuff. Ghoul. Dr. Thing. Ghoul, what's some projects that you're doing, uh, uh, upcoming projects you're working with? I'm sneaking in next week to do a series of stories for Coastside Adult Day Healthcare. They, there are several people there that uh, are in state of dementia and Alzheimer's, and I read foolish stories to them, and, and they seem to like it, and they seem to come out of themselves. There's a man that never even looks at anyone until I come in. I'm sure it's my face that he's looking at more than my story, but <laughs> it, it seems to bring a smile out of him, almost in a, in, a, in a bluish sort of way. So I think that we'll have a way of making people comfortable. I read sometimes for the kids that down at Stanford and, and at USF up at, the, up at the hospital in San Francisco, and mothers ask me, they say, Ooh, why are my kids not afraid of you? And I'll say, count one, count Two, Sesame Street is way ahead of Ghoul. <laughs> Have a lot of projects, but one of them is to continue to try and sell my T-shirts for Spina Bifida and to help the seniors here in town feel closer to this century. They seem very lost. Forty percent of our population here are 60 years and older, of when 
12,000 people in one town, that is a lot of seniors. Yes, it is. So we try and bring them into the community so they don't feel so disenchanted with how fast-paced life is now. That is awesome. And good for you for doing all that you do to make a difference in the world, um, not just with uh, uh, the seniors, but you, you get involved with the children, the community, doing a lot of things, showing that Dr. Ghoul is the one. That's what's up, doing a lot of things. Where's my audience? Hats off to you, Dr. Ghoul. We're going to find our our audience is here. They're just eating uh, candy because we brought Yeah, we brought candy. candy corn in. And I mean, <laughs> come on, guys. Popcorn get over balls, here. Just, all of that stuff. If we can bother you for a moment. Audience, come on. There we go. <laughs> That's what's up. Sheesh. So there is a story, Dr. Gould, entitled Dark Knight. Tell me about that. Well, Dark Knights. Dark, Dark Knights was created when I heard that a group of people in the New Hampshire ever were kind of pushed out of moving in on a town. And so I wrote, Dark Nights. Dark, Dark Night. <laughs> Enjoy, my fiendish friend. Dark Nights. Dark, Dark Nights. A story by me, Dr. Ghoul. It seems there was a small village in Maine that really made it a point not to be hospitable to strangers. They had, as a group, mastered the art of being aloof. Their charming little town was quaint, and inhabited by people who cared for one another. Through the years, the population was steady at about 600 people. Deaths were always erased by new children. That was just fine with everyone. <laughs> Aside from the crazy old lady who lived at the edge of town, most homes had four to five residents in each quaint house. A group of nomads, actually gypsies, began to settle close to the old crazy lady's home. Town meetings were called to order and the problem was resolved by the men going out at night, sabotaging food caches, making odd noises, occasionally firing guns and killing the gypsies' dogs with poison. It worked. The disgruntled gypsies left, but the old lady was not pleased. She had watched as the town's people drove off the gypsies with their might and intimidation. Numerous times, the same scenario played out. It started to become, for some, a sick sport. It seemed pushing people away was a calling for some of the deprived men who saw no fault in harming others. It was not unnoticed by the crazy lady at the edge of town. But as rumors spread, few people tried to make their way into the village, but none were ever accepted. After two summers had passed, and no intruders even bothered to move into their Shangri-La, if you will, so the village had become bored. They needed a party to celebrate their beautiful town and their sanctuary. Everyone was invited. It would be held in the town hall. An unbelievable party was planned. They even wore their finest garments. The food was exceptional, 
The vine poured freely. The children played up in the balcony. Music filled the town hall. What a party! Everyone agreed, and then the dark clouds began to form. The wind began to howl. All the shutters, they snapped shut. All the doors slammed shut, locking themselves. Through the cracks in the shutters showed no signs of light, and yet it was four in the afternoon. The chill that suddenly came over everyone was frightening. The children ran to their parents. Men tried to break out of the hall to no avail, and outside day turned into a dark night. A dark, dark night. Then with but seemed to be a smell of incense, a tiny woman came out of the basement. She wore finer gowns than any woman in the hall, a pearl necklace and crystal earrings. The village as a group recognized her, and they backed away. Oh, please, don't be alarmed. I have a way. They all can leave this town hall safely if you just do as I say. She had a wry grin on her little face, and people started screaming at her. What have you done, crazy old lady? Children cried even louder. Mothers huddled their children closer. The woman spoke again. We will be safe. There is a way to escape through the basement. Pounding started on the walls of the town hall from outside. The woman was very calm. She had controlled the crowd now. Everyone into the basement. We must escape now, she said. All of the village ran into the basement, shoving little kids out of their way. Then everyone was in the basement. The woman disappeared. The fire lasted three days. Rumor has it, a very nice group of gypsies now inhabits inhabit the little village. <laughs> very, very good. That was very good, Dr. Gould. And you wrote that yourself, yes? It's going in the book. I'm enjoying writing and writing and writing, and now we're editing for my book. Ah. 24. Oh, a book, huh? Yes, I'm having someone help me because she she can't understand why people won't read these for Buzz, so she's editing it so normal people can read it. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That is very good, a book. I look forward to that as well as a movie starring Can't Be Seen... Dr. Ghoul and some creepy people like Queen and Sylvie. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Queen you know, and Sylvie? Yeah. But you the know, show, just as. The show is fun, an animated show. And, and when you go on online to, to Butcher Media and go to Chop Block TV, it's CBTV Horror Network. Scroll down that page. And the last four shows that we have done are all animated and they are great. I know. They are really super nice and I'm honored to be a part of it. You guys log on, check it out, become a fan, subscribe, like the pages on Facebook. In fact, again, if you have a story and you'd love to share that story, is it 200 words, um, Dr. Gould? 200 words or more. 
200? Not very much because we try and fit it in to one of our shows. And for persons that win, they get a free T-shirt sent to them. That is great. Uh-huh. I love that. So someone has something to share, we'd love to share it also to the And you get a ghoulish gift. Show. That is correct. That is so correct. You know, let me share a couple of traditional facts from around the world when it comes to Halloween and some of these traditions. They have the Scottish girls. They believe that if that they can see images of their future husband if they hung wet sheets in front of the fire on Halloween. Now, I don't know what to say about that, Smooth. Wet sheets in front of the fire. They can see, see an image husband, yes. of their future yes, husband. Yes. Other Sounds like a little bit too much Irish whiskey to me. <laughs> Something about that. You know, other girls believe that they would see their boyfriend's faces if they looked into the mirror while walking downstairs at midnight on Halloween. Now, that seems a little dangerous. <laughs> Look in the mirror, walk downstairs. Yeah. Don't pay attention to you, the, You're going to see his face as you fall as down. As you trip and, and fall and slam your head. Yeah. That's crazy. I've seen something. That's crazy. But according to, to tradition, if a person wears his or her clothes inside out and then walks backwards on Halloween, he or she will see a witch at midnight. Wasn't there like a dance group that made it real big by wearing their pants? Well, backwards? they must have saw a witch and thought, mm, "We're on to we're something, something baby. We're yeah, on to something." I'll start wearing my pants inside <laughs> out and backwards. That's right. <laughs> That's right. For um, real? Yes. Um, Doctor Gould, Steve from Arlington, Texas, says, "Keep up the good work." Thank you so much, Steve. And also, I, I wanted to ask you, Queen, do you think that first fact about women? They were just looking for a hot date. (laughs) (laughs) You may be on to something, my friend. (laughs) That's right. But you know what? What I think is great is the crib shadow and the good Samaritan. Let's check it out right now. (laughs) The crib Crib. shadow. I was babysitting my niece once while I was staying at my brother's place and they had this baby camera set up so I could see her on this little TV it came with. I was studying and I started to doze off when I heard some whispering and realized it was coming from the monitor. I initially thought it was some feedback or something but when I looked at the TV there was a dark shadow near my niece's crib. I had never been so terrified in my life because I'm clearly sure that shadow was not there before. So I ran down to my niece's room and looked around and I saw nothing, but I took her out of there back with me. I went back to the TV and I saw the shadow was clearly gone. Gone? I told my brother what happened and he pulled me aside and told me not to mention this to my sister-in-law because she'll freak out. But that he had saw the same thing several times now and with the same whispering. Mm-hmm. They stayed in that house for about four years. And when my niece was just learning to talk, she would tell her mom about her special friend. And to this day, it scares the dickens out of me. But when they moved out, my brother told me my niece had been inconsolably sad because she would miss her friend. Her mom would tell her that she could bring him along, but all she would say was that he couldn't leave the house. 
We had never to this day told her about that darn shadow, and she apparently never saw it. <laughs> the Good Samaritan. One day in Southampton, New York, a woman pulled into a gas station. As the attendant pumped the gas, the woman told him that she was in a hurry to pick up her daughter, who had just finished art class in East Hampton. A well-dressed man walked over and started talking to her. He explained that his rental car had died and he needed a ride to the East Hamptons for an appointment. She said she would be happy to give him a ride. He put his briefcase into the back seat and asked if he might quickly visit the men's room. The woman looked at her watch and suddenly panicked. She drove off and had completely forgotten about the man who was coming back to the car for a ride. She thought nothing of him again, and then her daughter and her pulled into their driveway at home. The woman saw his briefcase and realized she had forgotten all about him. She opened the briefcase, looking for some type of identification. The only thing she could find inside... Well, 
spot at Trader Vic's. His hair was perfect. is great on this terror terrific tuesday the we even had ghoul tapping his foot i heard that i did too can't be that seen was my pen. <laughs> i was tapping it against my forehead that's what's <laughs> up on this terror terrific tuesday the queen silly show thank you all for sending in questions as the phone lines are closed you're more than welcome to send any questions comments to queen sylvia at comic.com or on the webpage www.queensylviecomedy.com. I thank you all for tuning in on this beautiful, terrific Tuesday here on the Queen Silvy Show. We have Dr. Ghoul, who is ghoulishly enjoying himself, as we are honored to have Dr. Ghoul can't be seen on the Queen Silvy Show. So, Dr. Ghoul, I know that can't be seen. Is that right? Can't be seen. The big toe. He can't be seen. Yeah, where, where is yeah, can't be seen, can't, can't be, be seen, can't perfect be seen. title, right? So yep. we can't ask you, can you see can't be seen because he can't be seen. <laughs> what is the question? <laughs> right. We're confused ourselves. The big toe by can't be seen. Well, the big toe is a great story and can't be seen has heard me read it on the radio show. He's also heard others read it on my Facebook show and he said Allow me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's check out Can't can't be seen. Seen. Yes, he is. Good evening. Good evening. Ghoul asked me to read this creepy story. He said he read it for Facebook and then the Queen Silly Show. Now listen to the rendition I have. <laughs> the big toe. A boy was digging at the edge of the garden when he saw a big toe. He tried to pick it up, but it was stuck to something. So he gave it a good hard jerk, and it came off in his hand. Then he heard something groan and scamper away. The boy took the toe into the kitchen and showed it to his mother. It's a nice plump toe, she said. I'll put it in the soup and we'll have it for supper. That night, his father carved the toe into three pieces. And the each one had a piece. Then they did the dishes. And when it was dark, they went to bed. The boy fell fast asleep almost at once. But in the middle of the night, a sound awakened him. It was something out in the street. It was a voice, and it was calling him. Where is my toe? It groaned. 
When the boy heard that, he got very scared. But he thought, it doesn't know where I am. It will never find me. Then he heard the voice once more, only it was closer. Where is my toe? It groaned. The boy pulled the blankets over his head and closed his eyes. I'll sleep, he thought. When I wake up, it will be gone. But soon he heard the back door open. And again he heard the voice. Where is my toe? It groaned. Then the boy heard footsteps move through the kitchen into the dining room, into the living room, in the front hall. Then slowly, very, very slowly, they climbed the stairs. Closer and closer they came. Soon they were in the upstairs hall. Now they were outside his door. Where is my toe? The voice groaned. His door opened. Shaking with fear, he listened as the footsteps slowly moved through the dark towards his bed. Then he stopped. Where is my toe? The voice groaned. The little boy was never to be seen again. <laughs> Ghoul, you always pick out the best ones for me. Thank you and good night. There's someone under the bed. <laughs> I began tucking him into bed and he tells me, Daddy, check for monsters under my bed. So I look underneath for his amusement and see him, another him, under the bed, staring back at me, quivering and whispering, Daddy, there's someone on my bed. <laughs> Personal injury. <laughs> I was working as a personal injury lawyer when Melissa came into my life. I fell in love with her the moment I met her. She was a beautiful woman, and I knew she was the perfect woman for me, and someday we would be married. On our wedding day, we took our vows at the altar. She swore she would never leave me. She would stay with me through thick and thin. I promised Melissa I would always take care of her. I would never let anything bad happen to her, and I would always be there to protect her. When we came back from our honeymoon, we moved into a little bungalow outside of town. I set up a law office and Melissa took care of the house. Our married life was bliss and we settled into a comfortable routine. Every day after work, I'd call Melissa and tell her what time I would be home for dinner. However, that all changed one evening when I called Melissa and she didn't answer the phone. That was the first indication I got that something was seriously wrong. When I arrived home, I was shocked to see the front door standing open. At that moment, I knew Melissa was in trouble. She needed me to protect her. I grabbed my hammer from under the car seat and rushed inside. 
Melissa, I'm home, I shouted. Where are you, Melissa? She didn't answer. There was an ominous silence. The kitchen was empty and the dinner was burning on the stove. I turned it off and looked around. Everything was in disarray. Broken plates and smashed bowls were strewn about the floor. Gripping the hammer in my hand for protection, I searched the house, calling out my wife's name. I found her in the bedroom, lying on the floor. Her clothes were torn, her face was bruised and bloody, but she was still alive. Melissa, I cried, what happened? I don't know. A man broke in and he demanded money. When I told him I didn't have any, he started hitting me and he wouldn't stop hitting me. And I couldn't find a mom and it would hurt so much. Don't worry, I'm here now, I said, trying to soothe her. Everything's going to be okay. I picked up my injured wife, holding her in my arms. I carried her out to the car. Opening the door, I laid her down as gently as possible into the back seat. Then I hopped into the driver's seat, and we drove off towards town. We've got to go to the police. <laughs> we will, but first I got to get you to the hospital. Behind me, I heard Melissa let out a little grasp. Her injuries were serious. I cursed the fact that I hadn't been home that day to protect her. I had to get her to the doctor as soon as possible. We drove through town, but on the way, we got stuck into a traffic jam. I started honking my horn. There he is. Who? The man who attacked me. That's him. That's him. On the left-hand side of the street, there was a man getting out of his car, and Melissa was pointing to him. Are you sure? She became hysterical. Tears were pouring down her cheeks. She was having trouble even catching her breath. That's him. That's him. I pulled over to the side of the road, and I parked the car. My brain was boiling over with rage. I got out of the car, still clutching the hammer. The man was casually walking down the street without a care in the world. <laughs> I followed him. Then I saw him turn down a dark alley. I don't know what came over me. I just planned to rough him up a little bit, then hand him over to the police. But somehow I lost control of myself. I couldn't stop. It was over in a few seconds. When I came back to the car, Melissa seemed to have calmed down. We didn't say a word to each other. I grabbed the tissue and wiped the blood from my hands. And then I hid the bloody hammer under the seat and we drove off. When we got to the hospital, I helped Melissa out of the car and carried her into the emergency room. And as we walked through the front door, she suddenly stopped in her tracks and grabbed my arm tightly. She was trembling and she was pointing at one of the doctors. Interesting. Well, that sounds like a bad case of mistaken identity. Uh, something's going on, but that's him, I tell you, that's him. No, that's what she said. But that's mm. great on this terrific Tuesday, the Queen Silver Show. Thank you all for tuning in. We're having a terrific, terror, terrific time here with on this terrific Tuesday. Tuesday. Terrific. Yes. We have Doctor Gould can't be seen. Smooth Tim, who is a what are you, a warlock? I'm something all right. <laughs> I haven't quite say, figured that out you myself. Say warlock, you always got to ask me the most complicated <laughs> questions. 
You know what? We did not give the name of who week five Christmas in October's winner is. And drum roll. And the winner of the last and final. That sounds horrible. Well, you know. Christmas in October is Vonetta Carter from Dallas. All right, girl. Vonetta Carter from Dallas, Texas. We will be contacting you today and sending out a special gift from the Queen Sylvie Show just for you. And I want to thank all the hundreds worldwide who submitted their names to be drawn for our Christmas in October. We've been it's been an honor to give back to those who give to us. I think we've had, oh, we had one overseas and three in the United States. So, yeah. So that is great. That was a good response. That Queen. is awesome. Great, Vanetta awesome. Carter. Thank Congratulations you. Congratulations to you from Dallas, Texas. Here on this terrific Tuesday, Dr. Gould, how's it going right now? Right now, I'm recovering from your last story. I enjoyed it so much that I had to... Stand up while I listen. Well, thank you very much. You know, Can't Be Seen has one that had me, like, standing up on what's in very good because you won't believe what's in the woods. Ha! What do you think about that? I enjoy that thought, and also I wanted to know if I could squeeze myself in sometime in December because I have my favorite poem and I want to read it for you. It was the night before Christmas. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a plan. That sounds great. Let's make it a date, shall we? I think we should. <laughs> Is Can't Be Seen around anywhere? He's right here. I have to stand behind him sometimes because sometimes little things, he's the boss. <laughs> and, and you're the boss, right? Can't be seen everywhere. No, we know can't be seen. The real talent is can't be, be seen, seen. But don't let Doctor Gould know we said that. Yeah, mum's the word. Mum's the word. It's, it's, it's a good. It's a good thing that it's a good thing he left to go talk to Karen because uh, he doesn't like to hear things like that. He's 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 really sensitive. Well, that's all right. He can be. He can be sensitive. I don't think that, that humorous can't be seen. <laughs> I can right behind you. That's I, I control myself sometimes, cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, can't be seen. We're going to showcase your hot story. You won't believe what's in the woods right here. I love this story. Love it. Love this story. Well, let's enjoy it right here on the Queen Sylvie Show. Can't. Can't be seen here. As if you needed to be told who this lilting voice was. <laughs> My story this evening is, you won't believe what's in the woods. <laughs> Came to me when I was walking in a forest of redwoods. Please enjoy. The carpenter walked into the vast woods. Behind his house, about a quarter mile into the woods, there were several varieties of hardwoods. This particular carpenter was a craftsman known up and down the East Coast as a superior builder of chairs, 
dining tables, end tables, show benches, mirrored cabinets, lion paw legs, feature the features that no one else did anymore. Every part was glued and screwed together. No nails were where the screws were. He would perfectly tuck them under a dowling. He was an artist. This carpenter had a clientele that boasted of owning one of the carpenter's fine pieces of furniture. Governors, actors, doctors, lawyers, people with money. That's who interested him. And he catered to their every detail for a price. <laughs> but now, the problem, after nearly three decades of wood was not as prevalent as it was some 30 years before. He decided another five years of harvesting would get him by till he moved to Mexico on a 150-acre ranch he had purchased. He had been taking some of his best work every year to the ranch house. Each time it was harder to leave. With no family, his work was everything. He was wealthy, but as his spirit would want, he needed to be abundantly wealthy. Today, though, was different. The woods seemed he to him like they, they weren't nurturing the good feelings he always got. He felt dread. He knew he was alone in the woods. But today, it all felt different. As he began to saw for two oak chairs, he could swear he heard chattering. Not a chance. Fourteen miles from the nearest town up a dirt road, he could not remember the last time anyone had been on his property. He got his mail twice a month in town, and he was self-sufficient when it came to game. So other than the store and an occasional beer at the town bar and mail, his social life was on the property his and none other. He was tired and quit for the day. But every day when he went into the woods, undiscernible voices chatter. Am I going crazy, he thought to himself. About five months of this, he began to get used to it. Then one day it happened. He heard a voice that seemed to come from everywhere. But the same voice. What, what about the trays? In a very light voice. The carpenter ran out of the woods and it took two weeks for him to return. To convince himself of going back into the woods. He worked cautiously. But in two weeks time, no noises. He really got on his own case at how ridiculous he had been. He was getting close to finishing a full table and chair set. Then he was going to take the cherrywood bed to Mexico. He needed a break. He would be in the sunshine in less than two weeks. It was time for the legs for the table. He was ready to take out the last pieces of wood for his project. The voices were clear this time. What about our home? Not loud, but a voice nonetheless. 
He began to work again. Not a sound was heard. A few days later, truly a question that surrounded him. To him louder than any before. What about the wood? And then silence. He hurried with the last wood he needed for the last chair. And as he turned, he heard, You learned nothing from our home. Per usual, when someone does not get their mail for three months, usually the sheriff or someone of authority wanders out to see how he or she is doing. In this case, it was the sheriff. He had his old hound with him, and as he walked up to the porch, he had left the dog in his truck. The dog normally was very calm, moved as steady as molasses, but now he was howling like he was grieving. The sheriff called Gabe Winterland's name off the porch and into the house, the hound really howling now. The sheriff went around to the back to Gabe's shop, and then he noticed a back door to the shop was wide open. He stepped into the forest and hollered Gabe's name again. He saw the worn path and followed it about a quarter of a mile. He saw Gabe's saws, chisels, and wedges. An axe and a hammer were not near the pile of clothes that Gabe's, Gabe must have been wearing. His hat was two or three feet away also. And as the sheriff lifted the pants up, little droppings fell into a pile. It was a pile of post-beetle droppings. <laughs> Thanks, Ghoul. Once again, I enjoyed myself. Good night, listeners. It was a pleasure. <laughs> I love can't be seen. And all I love me, too. <laughs> yes, yes, that was absolutely great. So, listen, we're going to start winding down a little bit, but I want everyone to know again about Dr. Ghoul, Dr. Ghoul Show, and when they can catch it. On every other Sunday night on Facebook, and it's on continuously on a live program, and you can stream it on com, CBTV Horror Network. Click on that, scroll down, and you'll see four very, very fun shows by Dr. Gould. And to all of you that have listened today, continue to listen to the Queen Sylvia and Smooth Tim show, because I know we will from Afternoon Bay. Thank you very much. much. And yes, that is true. If you are a talent, in fact, and you'd love to be on the Queen Sylvia show, we'd love to have you. Hit me up at queensylviaatcomic.com. You can also go to the webpage, www.queensylviacomedy.com, and you can find me. Uh, Kroger's in about a minute. No, I'm just kidding. You can find me at uh, Facebook and Instagram under Sylvie Starks or Queen Sylvie. And you can follow me, Tim McGiffin, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. And drop us a line again. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, just email us, queensylvie 
at comic.com. Yes, and again, congratulations to Vanetta Carter from Dallas, Texas, the fifth week winner for our Christmas in October. We're going to get things going again with So I Lost, so I lost My, my phone. phone. And we'll be right back. So I lost, so I lost my phone. My phone. <laughs> Last night, a friend rushed me out the house to catch the opening act at a local bar's music night. After a few drinks, I realized my phone wasn't in my pocket. I checked the table where we were sitting at, the bar, the bathrooms, and after no luck, I used my friend's phone to call mine's. After two rings, someone answered. They didn't answer again. So I eventually gave up as a lost cause and headed home. I found my phone laying on my nightstand right where I left it. <laughs> About that darn phone, right? Don't be losing your phones. Don't be losing your phones. Keep your hands on it. Don't leave them laying around. See what happens. Yeah, I do. I do. That was horrible. But listen, a message to all the kids and all the parents this year for Halloween. Please be safe. Be careful out there. Check your candy and things that you collect because, you know, it's not the same these days. Some some people make it bad for, for kids and adults that want to just have a good time. You know... Things changed after we was kids. I mean, back about a few years ago, we would come back with pillowcases, yeah, filled with candy. Oh, and they yeah. gave and the, and the cool thing was is these people would like hand make some of those candy, the popcorn balls, yeah. and you could get the caramel <laughs> apples. Mm-hmm. And, oh man, we used to get the hookups. Oh yeah, you know, major money is spent on Halloween, mm-hmm. whether it's candy or costumes and things like that. Americans spend almost eight point eight billion projected for Halloween related spending on candy corn this year alone. Oh, on Halloween, on Halloween costumes, parties, so all eight million aren't. Just towards eight candy billion, corn. Eight, eight billion. 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 Okay. Just double check. So we're going to go out here with a great. This is one of our first that we've done for Dr. Gould and the Dr. Gould show. It's one of my favorites. It's entitled. Taylor Poe. Taylor Poe. It's a good one. Enjoy your day on this terrific Terror Tuesday. Thank you all for tuning in. Tune in next week. We got another great lineup of guests on the show for you. Indeed we do. That's right. And truly enjoy your Halloween. That's right, Queen Sylvie. Dr. Gould can't be seen as smooth, Tim. Signing out for you. <laughs> the trials and tribulations of living in today's modern society continue to wear on your nerves. One can grow very weary of dealing with bills, taxes, insurance, traffic, and pollution, not to mention anything about keeping food in the refrigerator. Oftentimes, the whole thing can make you want to holler and throw up both your hands. And that's exactly what old Bill Smith did. He gave up all the luxuries, and if you ask me, some of the necessities of modern life. He loaded up just the barest of essentials and his three hunting dogs into the truck and moved way up into the North Georgia mountains. Smitty, that's what all us folks in town call him, figured it wouldn't be that much of an adjustment. After all, he did love hunting, fishing, and the great outdoors. And he did have the companionship of his three best friends, 
his dogs I know, you know, and Comptico Calico. What more can a man ask for? Smitty built himself a very nice little cabin way back in the woods. It wasn't too big, but it was just enough for him. The cabin had only two rooms. One he used for a bedroom and the other one dining room, den, and kitchen. He had built himself a nice big fireplace where he could cook his food and warm his body on chilly nights. He planted himself a nice little vegetable garden on the side of the house and would hunt for fish for the most of his food. But at least once a month, he would drive the 25 miles down the mountain to the little store to buy those things that he couldn't provide for himself. During the warm months, Smitty had no problem catching all the small game he needed. But the colder months proved to be a little more difficult to keep his stomach full. Well, it was one of those cold, wintry nights that Smitty went out to his store shed to see what he could find for dinner. All he found was a small piece of fat back meat and a handful of rice. There was too much snow to, on the ground to travel the 25 miles to the store, so he had to make do with what he had. He ate the fat back and a little of the rice, but he gave most of the rice and the water he had boiled from the meat to his dogs. After all, they had to eat too. He called out, I know, you know, Contico Calico, come on doggies and get y'all dinner. And those dogs came running in as fast as they could and lapped up all the rice mixture. Smitty was still a little hungry, but there wasn't much he could do about that. So despite the protest of his grumbling stomach, Smitty stoked the fire in the fireplace to keep the cabin warm and went to bed. The sound of the wind blowing around and in some places through the tiny cabin had almost put Smitty to sleep when he heard something. He opened his eyes and saw a shadow on the wall. He eased out of bed and tiptoed into the other room. And there he saw the oddest looking creature he had ever seen. It was short, stubby, with pointed ears and short, fat feet with long claws, and it had a long, bushy tail. There was no open doors or windows, so Smitty was confused as to how the little funny creature actually got in. Smitty quietly picked up his axe, creeped over to the odd critter who was devouring an insect of some sort, and raised his axe and came down squarely on the creature's tail. Smitty turned to catch the varmint, but he was too quick. He hurriedly escaped through the wall. So Smitty was left standing there with this long bushy tail and a blood-laden axe in his hand and no sign of the funny-looking creature. Smitty was about to throw the old tail out the door when his growling stomach reminded him of just how hungry he was. So he took that tail, cleaned it, cooked it with some of the herbs from his garden he had stored away, and ate it. It didn't taste that bad. Why, it kind of tastes like chicken. With his stomach finally full, Smitty got back into his warm, cozy bed. Smitty had just drifted off into a deep sleep when a strange sound awakened him. It sounded like something trying to scratch his way into the cabin. Perhaps a raccoon? Smitty knew that if he stayed real quiet, it would probably go away. So he stayed as quiet as he could. But then he heard a strange, weird voice, which hissed. Terry Paul, Terry Paul, I want my Terry Paul. Smitty thought the wind was playing a trick on his ears, but he heard it again. Terry Paul, Terry Paul, I want my Terry Paul. 
Smitty jumped out of bed, flung open the doors, and called out to his dogs. I know, you know, Kiko, Kaliko, come over here and see what's making that noise. The dogs came running, barking and sniffling, but they didn't find anything at all. So Smitty put the dogs out and went back to bed. Sleep just had eased itself into Smitty's body when he heard the voice again. This time, the scratching sound sounded like it was at the window. Whatever it was, it really, really wanted to get in. But the scratching seemed to be on two walls at the same time. Smitty cried out. Hey, 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 who's in my door? Get all the way from here. Then he heard the strange voice again, only this time a little louder. Hey, Old Smitty wasn't one to be frightened easily, but he was getting a little shaky, and this was really weird. So he eased to the window and called. I know, you know, come Tico, Calico, come over here and see what's a scratching of my house. The three dogs bounded to the porch, and they sniffled, and they barked, and barked, and sniffled, but they never found anything at all. Smitty decided to stay up the rest of the night to protect himself, his dogs, and his little cabin. So he pulled his chair next to the fireplace, grabbed a blanket from his bed, and settled in for the rest of the wind-chilled wintry night. Sleep soon overtook him, and once again, he dozed off. It was almost dawn when Smitty woke with a start. The sound of scratching seemed to revibrate from every area of the cabin. Smitty scratched frantically for his axe, his rifle, and something to defend himself with, but he was so frightened he didn't find anything at all. The scratching grew louder and louder, and then the voice. Terry Paul, Terry Paul, you've got my Terry Paul, give me back my Terry Paul. And Smitty yelled back. Leave me alone, I ain't got your Terry Paul. Then he cried. No, you know, come Tico, Calico, come over here and protect your master. This time the dogs didn't come, so he yelled again. Come Tico, Calico, come here, don't you hear me calling you doggies? He waited and waited, but still not one dog came running. Smitty had never been so scared in his life. He ran to his bed and jumped in. The scratching and the voice grew louder and louder. Smitty yelled back as loud as he can. I ain't got your daily pole. Why don't you leave me alone and go on about your business? I ain't never hurt nobody or no nothing. Just leave me alone. The scratching seemed to be inside the house now, and the voice was getting so loud it was deafening. Harry Paul, you took my Harry Paul. Now I come to get my Taily Paul. Smitty pulled the cover up over his head and stayed as quiet as he could. But the scratching was now in his room. Harry Paul, you better give me back my Taily Paul. Smitty then felt the thing scratching up the bottom of the bed and onto the cover. Smitty eased the cover down to see just what was steadily approaching. Then he saw it. A small, stubbly creature with pointed ears, fat feet with long claws, and bloodshot red eyes that glowed in the dark. Eyes that seemed to burn straight through Smitty. Before he could pull the cover back over his head again, the thing pounced on his chest and looked straight down at him and said, Harry Paul, you took my Harry Paul. Give it back to me now. Smitty yelled, I ain't got no daily boy. I, I, I 
created, it's gone. And that thing started to scratch and claw and tear away at poor old Smitty, trying to get that taily pole back. Smitty tried to fight back, but that thing was too strong and those claws were too sharp. Smitty's screams echoed throughout the dark mountains, then stopped, leaving a chilling silence. After a month or two without hearing from Smitty, the folks who owned the store at the base of the mountain went up to the cabin to make sure everything was all right. When they got there, they found his cabin torn to shreds and no sign of Smitty or the dogs. They searched the woods and called out for him. Smitty! I know! Hey, you know! Come think But they never found a thing. As the search party was heading down the mountain, the wintry wind began to blow and a strange voice could be heard saying, Tilly Paul! Tilly Paul! I finally got my Tilly
Yeah. <laughs> 